following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. Here's what's cooking on today's Sports Stove Podcast. NFL coaches are getting hired left and right. We're going to talk about that. AFC and NFC Conference Championship games are upcoming. We'll give you picks for that. And the Lions, they're there. Can you believe it? Uh, I can't, but we're going to talk about that today with the guests as well. That's what's cooking on today's Sports Stove Podcast. From Belly Up Sports and the Belly Up Podcast Network, you're listening to the Sports Stove Podcast with your host, Vince Stover. Welcome in to an all-new edition of the Sports Stove Podcast presented by Righteous Felon Jerky. It's time to taste the flavor revolution, and you can do that at RighteousFelon.com. And if you use the code STOVE15, that's S-T-O-V-E-1-5, you're going to get 15% off your purchase. And wouldn't you know it, yesterday in the mail came the one and only bootleg and barbecue from Righteous Felon Jerky. It's my favorite flavor that they've got, and they've got some really good ones. Um, but it came in the mail. It's open. My wife took a piece out right before I started the show. I haven't had any yet tonight, so I'm going to be eating on that later on this evening. Uh, but again, go to RighteousFelon.com. Use that code STOVE15. You're going to get 15% off your purchase. And they've got um, flavors that are really spicy, flavors that are mild. Uh, but every single package of jerky you get is incredibly tender and uh, so wonderfully made. Uh, you're going to enjoy the flavors as well as the texture. And I promise you won't regret it. So get over there. Join the revolution. RighteousFelon.com. We've got so much to talk about today. I'm Vince Stover, by the way. Your host, my dad, normally joins me on Wednesday nights under the weather tonight. So he is not going to be with us tonight. Um, but that's okay because we've got a guest that's going to join us uh, here this evening. He's been on the show once before. And he's back again for another rousing conversation uh about especially detroit sports right now he's the one and only lou gamelin he's from the captain lou's experience extravaganza excuse me on the belly up sports network lou how you doing man fence i'm uh i'm excited to be on i'm doing great uh uncharted territory for me it's been 30 some years since we've uh us line fans have seen a nfc championship game appearance so i uh, kind of don't know how to act it was back when i had dark long dark hair <laughs> and so you know it's uh it's great to be on the show and it's it's an exciting time for us here in the state of michigan that's for sure well i'll tell you what michigan's had the best of it right now um now of course you found out officially jim harbaugh is leaving but yeah. that's not a surprise i don't think no. uh but you get the national title from the michigan wolverines in college football now you got the lions making this run all the way currently to the nfc championship game with the potential to get to the Super Bowl, um, which is wild in and of itself. Um, you got the Tigers who have made some good offseason moves. So who knows what they're gonna do this year? Yeah. Uh the Red Wings, I can't I haven't paid any attention to hockey, but I think they're doing better than they have. Correct? They have, they are. Okay. Yeah. So there's positive movement in Michigan right now. What man, what's 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 in the water? Finally, good clean water in Michigan, apparently. Boy, I guess so. I, I gotta tell you, it's uh it reminds me a little bit of 1989 when the uh, Michigan Wolverines won the, their only NCAA title in basketball. And then the, the Pistons, uh, a couple of months later, won the their first world championship in the NBA. Uh, maybe that'll be the same way here. It's going to be a tough task this weekend going to San Francisco. But, uh, yeah, it's I don't know what, what to make of it. And uh, <laughs> But it's, it, it's an exciting time. Dan Campbell has turned the culture around in Detroit, something like we said, the likes that we haven't seen uh, a lot of folks in their lifetimes around here. And so, yeah, it's, uh, again, just enjoying it while we can. <laughs> so let's start earlier on in the NFL season. What were, what were your expectations for the lions this year? Well, you know, it's funny is we talked about it on our show quite a bit how is Detroit going to handle being the hunted instead of the hunters? Cause just about every national media uh, publication and network had Detroit winning the division and Detroit hasn't been picked to win a division. Oh gosh. 
maybe once last decade when they were 11 and five a couple of times, uh, losing out to the Packers or whatever. So that was my big question. How are they going to handle being, how are they going to handle success? Mm. And I honestly had them pick to win the division. I thought they had on paper, they had the best talent level. Their defense scared me. It still does, obviously. Um, but I thought that if they played smart and stayed injury-free, I could see them winning 11 games in either winning the division or getting a, a good seed in the wild card round, you know, as a fifth seed or whatever. Um, but Minnesota took a step back. Green Bay started out slow and uh, Chicago, Chicago. So it turned out yeah. all right. So I honestly thought they could go 11 and six and contend to possibly win a playoff game. I didn't see them going to the NFC title game. Um, so this is a bonus for me and I'm excited, obviously. Yeah. I mean, so I admit I was not a believer in Detroit. Um, Dan Campbell, I can respect him. I can respect who he is, his personality, all that kind of stuff. But the raw, raw guys, they just yeah. don't get me going a whole lot, especially at the professional level. And so I, and Jared Goff, same thing. I, Jared Goff, I've always looked at him as a, I put him in the Alex Smith category, okay. really good, solid. Um, you know, he's been there. He's done that. I never saw him as the guy that could put them over the top. I thought Detroit was a quarterback away and well, he's, that's fair. He's there though. <laughs> he's, he's, it's, it's not his first time there either as and, with the Rams, but he's there, you know, and let's be honest, you know, their off season acquisitions, you know, if you want to, you know, including the draft, who would have thought that Sam Laporta would have the input that he's had. Uh, Brian Branch, I knew was a steal in the second round. I said it all summer. This was a guy to watch for the Lions. I thought he should have been a first-round pick. So, you know, Brad Holmes did wonderful with that. Gibbs, you know, I thought he was a decent pick. Um, you know, I didn't – So, but still, they're rookies, right? Yeah. And, you know, Campbell, the, the linebackers had his moments, um, but he's done well. Uh, I didn't see that kind of impact out of the rookie class. And Montgomery, you know, has yeah. made a lot of people th forget about Jamal Williams yeah. quickly. And yeah. Goff, you know, he's just, he's looked so solid. Now, what cracks me up, Vince, is they, you know, the one stat about when he's under pressure, he makes mistakes. Yeah. Name me you know, a quarterback besides maybe Lamar Jackson or Patrick Mahomes that doesn't make mistakes when they're, right. when they're harassed. I mean, yeah. you know, look at Jordan Love and Brock Purdy in the other game last weekend. Yeah. I mean, uh, Baker Mayfield. So yeah, it's, uh, I could see why a lot of people would not be so trustworthy of Dan Campbell and his rah-rah attitude. You know, it's different and it's yeah. worked and he's surrounded himself with great talent coaching wise and yes. they've struck gold so far with who they've drafted in the last couple of years yeah now i will tell you this sam laporta i was all in on i wanted the packers to draft him mm -hmm. um you know when they drafted the two tight ends they got i was i was fine with it i like them too but laporta was the guy i wanted and yeah. when the lions got him and they ended up drafting Hendon Hooker too. I'm a Tennessee guy, so yeah. uh, Hendon Hooker. I thought, you know, I thought that was really cool. I hated to see Hendon Hooker go there. I knew he wouldn't <laughs> play this year, but I hated to see him go there. Sam Laporta, same thing. I knew he's either going to go to the Bears or the Lions. That's just the way it was going to work, and uh, <laughs> and that's where he went. I love him. I had him. I drafted Sam Laporta on on all three of my fantasy football teams. Isn't that something? Drafted. Good for you. And, and played them, um, you know, especially the last half of the season. Yeah. Played them almost every single week. So I, I, I was a believer in him. Uh, I was not a believer in Gibbs. I thought I, I, I scratched my head on that pick. Um, I felt like it was a trade down kind of pick. You can trade yeah. down and get him, you know, ten picks later or whatever it may be. But it's worked. And yeah. now the Lions are getting ready to experience what successful teams experience, and that's the poaching of coaches off the staff. Yeah. Um, possibly coming up. Now, maybe yeah. not. The one good thing, um, especially for the Lions, to go this far in the playoffs is there's less opportunity for those guys to get hired, I think at least, because the interviews are faster, oftentimes yeah. via Zoom, and you've got these guys, and this year you got big-name guys out there like the Rabels and the Harbaugh's and those kinds of things. So 
Um, so maybe they ha- hold on to these guys for another year um, and see where it goes. But it's it's I have to admit, I don't usually have a soft spot in my heart for any Michigan fan of any kind, but <laughs> I feel good for the Lions fans. I, I feel there comes a time where a fan base needs success. Yeah. They deserve it, right? I mean, there's just at, at some point you gotta have it. <laughs> and well, and the Lions fans, I feel for you guys, and uh, and I'm happy for you, legitimately happy for you guys. Now I've got fans, I've got in-laws that are Detroit fans, I've got mm-hmm. friends that are Michigan fans and Detroit fans. They never talked about Detroit a whole lot, um, but they have this year. They do every Thanksgiving, and they do, and they, and they have this year as well. It's fun to see, though. Now, tell me about the. Um, you were not at the game this past weekend, but you were at the game the first the first playoff weekend. Yes. yes. Um, talk about the atmosphere because they said, I mean, it was what the fourth uh, loudest in NFL history, I think. Yeah, and it's hard to believe that the report came out today that the Tampa Bay game was a, a, a half a decibel louder. Uh, it, it uh, you know, it, it, we uh, got there. Well, we did the smart thing. My brother. And uh, he lives in Packer country, lives up in Marinette. So he flew down for the game with his two, two of his children. And my son and I met him in Detroit. We smartened up, got a motel room on Saturday. And so we didn't have, once we parked, we were, we were good. And we, uh, so we talked about when we wanted to go to the game. They were going to have a, they had a big uh, tailgate. Well, they had a bunch of them there, but they had one at Comerica park, which where the Tigers play. We thought, let's get to the stadium early. And so the doors open at 5.30 for an 8.15 kick. And there was already probably 10,000 people waiting to get in at 5.30. Mm-hmm. And so, which I've never experienced. I've gone to, you know, not a ton of games growing up in the UP was a kid. But the games that I've gone to, it's never been like that. Two and a half, two, three hours early, that much of a wait to get in. Um, and when we got in... You know, again, there was 15,000 people milling around, able to watch the Packer game against Dallas on the big screen and on every TV inside Ford Field. It was amazing. And we were rooting for the Packers. We wanted them to win so bad. You know, we're, um, and so that made it fun. And to, to get into the stadium, we got into our seats about an hour before game time and they were already chanting for Jared Goff. And it was just, Something I've never experienced. Mm-hmm. Hearing people chanting in the concourse, the people on the field, it just was a sight to behold. And Vince, you know, I've been envious of Packer fans, you know, practically. Well, not so much in the 70s and 80s because both right. teams weren't very good. But, you know, the Packers started winning again in the 90s. And, you know, they're a very passionate fan base. Um Going to Lambeau to me is, you know, if anybody's ever not had a chance to go to Lambeau Field for a football game, they got to do it, preferably in September when the weather's a little better. But it is, your fan base is amazing. And they're they're not obnoxious. I mean, you know, they they vote for the Packers, but yeah. they're a very friendly fan base. And, you know, they like to have a good time. And the passion and you know, the success that Green Bay's had in the last 30 years is something that I've been envious of. And Mm -hmm. to see the Lion fan base be able to experience that, and everybody was in there. And that had never experienced this since the 90s. I had a gentleman sitting behind me that, you know, went to the championship game in 57. And, you know, he was um, 80 years old. And, you know, it was amazing. And having people that don't know each other, hugging each other, crying. I was right there with them. And, you know, you talk about long-suffering fan bases. We talk about the Red Sox. You talk about the Cubs. You know, you talk about, you know, some of these NBA franchises, NHL, whatever, the Maple Leafs. Um, By God, to see a suffering fan base like the Lions – be able to come together like that as lo- it was so loud the whole game yeah. but Vince it was it was so cool was when the Lions got the ball it was like they they turned the volume off silent yeah it was silent I mean as silent as it could be and the minute that Stafford came on the field the crowd just went 
bat crap crazy the whole time. And I never experienced anything like it. And, mm. uh, I, uh, you know, it was, it was a costly ticket to go. The weekend was, but oh my God, it's a memory that I'll be able to take the rest of my life. And, uh, well, we're, it's, you know, it's been a long time coming. Yeah. Hopefully they can keep it up against San Francisco, but yeah, it's wow. What a, what a, what a memory it was. You know, I, I've had in my life, you know, people make fun of me for being a Packer fan. And they're saying, oh, you, you guys, you know, Rogers couldn't, couldn't get past the championship game so many times. And we, we had opportunities and didn't make it and should have had more Super Bowls and all this stuff. And I always come back to listen. Yes, we would have liked to have had more Super Bowls than than the one that Favre got and the one that Rodgers got yeah. and and even go to more than what, they, than what they've been to. But I can legitimately say I've been cheering for my team into in January on yeah. almost February for basically my whole life. Um, you know, I mean, I was, when I first came around, it was Don Mikowski, but, yeah, um, the magic once, man. <laughs> yeah. Once Favre came in, got things rolling yeah. from then on out, it was pretty much a guarantee that we were going to make it second, third round of the playoffs almost yeah. every year. Yeah. And, uh, and so I'm like, you know, I would rather be a Packer fan than some of these other teams that never got a chance to have that kind of consistent success, especially. And the lions seem to be built. Uh, to stay at this level because Minnesota they went backwards in the offseason yeah. um, but once Kirk Cousins went down once Jefferson went down too I mean the script was written at that point the right. Bears and I don't know about you I think Justin Fields is a good quarterback I, I, I really felt like he's gonna he was gonna be a pain for us in the long run it looks like they'll probably go draft Caleb Williams and we'll get to see what he's got but I I, I really thought the Bears yeah. in the next couple of years were gonna be good um I don't know. I don't know about their coaching staff now, and I, I don't know. But the Lions proved me wrong over and over again this season, and uh, now they're facing though the 49ers, hmm. and the 49ers are beatable. Um, hmm. They've been beaten five times, just like the Lions. Right. Um, they their quarterback is good, but I'd put them in that same category, that Jared Goff, Alex Smith category, where I don't think Purdy's going to be what wins it for you. Um, his mistakes might lose it for you. But if he doesn't make mistakes, then that's going to be a good thing. It's going to come down to the 49ers defense, and it's really going to come down to the Lions defense too. Can the Lions take advantage of opportunities? Um, what's the comfort level? I mean, it's what a seven-point uh, spread, I think, right now. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, what's the what's the confidence level for Lions fans right now? Well, I mean, you know, winning breeds confidence. I just i i i worry about. Detroit being able to stop, uh, you know, I, I, on my show just in the last half hour, the first one they're going to, I think is the, the guy they're going to have to contain, believe it or not, is going to be a guy like George Kittle. Mm -hmm. Detroit just can't stop tight ends. I don't know yeah. what it is. <laughs> I mean, it's, you know, uh, Musgrave had a huge game against us. Uh, you know, tight ends just have their way with Detroit and that's going to be a key. Now, I don't want people to fall into the false narrative. If Debo can't go, Detroit's automatically going to have the advantage. Oh, I mean, yeah, no, they're going to be able to throw the ball deep to Ayuk on Cortland Sutton or Cam Sutton or whatever is Cam Sutton. Yeah, you know the guy just has had such a rough time. I think he's snake bit. Mm -hmm. um, he's a decent talent, but he's been burned so many times. And you know, Jordan Love took advantage of it on Thanksgiving. Uh, you know, I mean. I, I think the confidence level is about 60-40 that Detroit can win here in Detroit anyways. Yeah. That's how my level of confidence is. I I don't want to use the, the 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 house money analogy, but I think Detroit is getting to that point. Yeah. I think they they can win. You're right. Their defense, they've got to take that's a great point you brought up, Vince. They gotta take advantage of the opportunities. And I don't want to you know, belabor a point that I know you guys, you as Packer fans and whatnot have been beating each other up probably was the inability to take advantage of red zone opportunities in the first half. Detroit can't kick field goals against this team and expect yeah. to win. And I mean, I thought Jared Goff, or I'm sorry, Jordan Love played well for three quarters. Yeah. You know, and he made a Brett Favre throw in the fourth quarter that, but I'm not going to, it's not his fault, right. you know, to me, 
the defense just couldn't stop Purdy in the end. And, uh, yeah. you know, it's, uh, but yeah, to uh, a long winded answer, I think Detroit, if they, they got it, I think they can score. I, I think that they can, uh, I think they can run on San Francisco. Aaron Jones proved that. Yep. Um, and I think that they can get Laporta, uh, uh, Laporta involved, and I think they can get Amon Ra involved. My biggest worry, and I still don't understand why Tampa didn't do more of it, is if they can handle the pressure, the five and you know the five man rush or whatever, the edge, yep. and you know that's. Uh, if he gets any kind of heat on him, that's what I'm interested to see. That's going to yeah. be the key. Well, you know, Green Bay, they dropped two interceptions. They hit him right yeah. in the chest. <laughs> yeah. And when when Savage dropped the first one, I just said, that's going to come back to haunt us because yeah. I felt like that was a pick six. Um, they dropped another one they should have had. The the missed field goal, I mean, I called that one too. I hate mm-hmm. I hate Andrews Carlson. Ah. I, the moment they drafted him, I, don't, I didn't understand it. Yeah. Um, I was so anti that. But you mentioned the house money idea. So my dad's philosophy is the a team like Detroit in this situation, they're playing free. They, there's not yeah. nerves as much as there's no pressure. No, um, if they lose, they've still had a successful season. Right. There's still a, a, a wonderful story, all this kind of stuff. San Francisco, on the other hand, if they lose, it's going to be, they lost to the lions. Like, you know, I mean, San Francisco is going to have that pressure. And so if Detroit, can be ahead or even just close you know, heading into the fourth quarter. So that will tighten San Francisco up and give the opportunity there to take advantage of that, um, the, you know, that that pressure that's going to be on San Francisco. Now it is in San Francisco, which helps yeah. uh, the 49ers for sure. And that defense that has played one of the best defenses in the league, yet they've had moments San Francisco has where they, they just haven't shown up right. on defense. And um, and so you're right. I, I, if Detroit can't kick field goals, they need touchdowns. Um, and uh, and if they run the ball effectively, which again the Packers were able to do, Montgomery's good enough, Gibbs is good enough. They can start, they can control time of possession, all that good stuff. Um, and you're right too. Yeah, Debo out definitely hurts San Francisco, but yeah. San Francisco's they've got a lot of weapons. Oh <laughs> so so having Debo gone is not the end of the world for the 49ers. 100% agree. You know, a guy like Jennings and Ayuk and, you know, McCaffrey, obviously. I mean, Detroit's going to have to do a stranglehold on him. And I like your point about pressure, too. And I I think Kyle Shanahan's got a little pressure on him. Yeah. You know, he's, you know, been touted as the genius. But, I mean, he, you know, how many big games has he actually won? And I think right. that's, that's on him now. Winning this game against Green Bay was big for him, but you know they're expected to go to the Super Bowl, and you know he blew that Super Bowl when he was a uh, OC in Atlanta, and they had their opportunities. So yeah, I think the heat's on them a little more than Detroit. Now sounds like the weather's going to be a lot better than it was for you guys out there. They're yeah. talking sixty-five degrees at kickoff, and no rain. So yeah. I mean that's huge for Detroit. So. I yeah. mean, uh, yeah, it, I can't wait. It's uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. I'll have my chicken wings ready to go. <laughs> I was going to ask that. Yeah, I was going to ask that. I was going to say, what's 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 on the plans for the uh, food spread? Because I mean, this is this is a uh, hopefully for you guys not once in a lifetime, but I mean, this is a once in, a, in an every blue moon at the moment for you guys. Um, so I'm sure <clears> there's there's a, a big spread plan. Oh, there is uh, probably chicken wings and maybe a little pizza. I'm not sure who we're watching it with. Uh, they had a they're having a watch party at Ford Field. Mm. It's sold out uh, within three hours. Nice. And I swear to God, somebody on StubHub was trying to sub- sell their tickets for four thousand five hundred dollars a piece just for the watch <laughs> the party. But. Yeah, they were selling for ten, fifteen dollars a piece or ten dollars a piece. So yeah, it sold out fast. It's a new experience, you know. And, yep. and I, we're just gonna watch it at the house. I mean, it, it, it's so funny. A quick story is my brother married into a family in Marinette that they're huge Packers fans, and his father-in-law before they got married was, you know, this was back in the 
uh, mid nineties. He said, he said, Brian, if Green Bay ever goes to, or if Detroit ever goes to the Super Bowl, I'm paying your way. I'm taking you. Well, <laughs> he, he's a little worried right now. He, he said, I'm, he's, I don't think he can physically go anymore, but he told my brother, I'll give you the money to go so you wow. can go. So that that's kind of, we'll see, you know, I'm yeah. not putting the cart before the horse, but right. <laughs> oh my God, just, uh, it's going to be a fun night and, yeah. and quick to your other point about the OC, you know, the coordinators it, from what I've read today, it sounds like the Washington commanders is uh, Ben Johnson's job to take if he wants mm. it. So we'll see on that. Yeah. But. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's interesting. Campbell's one of those guys. I want to come back to Campbell. Um, it works when it works. It, it, if they didn't win, it would probably rub pretty oh. raw on the players, I would think. But it seems like the locker room, that's what it comes down to with any coach, no matter his style. If the players are with you, yeah, I think your job's pretty safe. Um, but when the players stop buying into what you're selling, um, you're in trouble. And these guys have bought into what Dan, Dan Campbell's doing right now. Well, you know, it's funny. That's a great point, Vince. And at one point last year, he started out, his run was what, 419 and one? Yeah. <laughs> and you got to be thinking, you're, and I know there was rumblings, and I'm not going to lie. I His act was starting to wear a little thin on me because you're thinking, here we go, another uh, Marty Morningweg or, <laughs> you know, uh, whoever's uh, uh, Rod Marinelli. And I'm thinking, oh boy. And then they turned it around, you know, but you, you, you had to wonder if you're in that locker room and you're thinking, holy crap, we're, you know, here we go again. And then what, what turned it around? And they ended up being nine and eight last year. That was just, to me, that was a hell of a turnaround and a heck of a coaching job last year too, to keep those guys bought in, to turn it around. Yeah. Yeah. And it was a painful last game of the season, if well, I remember correctly. <laughs> for you, it was. Yes. yes for indeed. me, it was. <laughs> yes, indeed. Yeah. Yes, I, we sent we sent Aaron Rodgers packing after that one. And uh oh boy. And here we sit all, I think I think both teams are better today than they were uh week 18 of last season. Um, our teams are gonna but, have great rivalries coming up yeah. in the next few years, Vince. There's no doubt about it. Is is Jared Goff the long-term answer in Detroit? Boy, I'll tell you, I that is such a tough question. I, I I wouldn't sign him to a five-year deal or anything like that. I'd sign him to like a three-year deal. Um, because I I like you, Vince. I love that hooker pick that yeah, you know, and they he was able to redshirt, if you will, and able to come back, you know, take a year to kind of learn the ropes a little bit. Yeah. Uh, you know, but how can he, it's he's earned the contract though and yeah. you know he's taken it like you say he's taken this team to heights they haven't seen in decades and he's proven it yeah. and the guy wins um yeah. so i would pay him i would go three years give him three and 140 or whatever and you know we'll see what he's made of you know, you know, maybe not out. all guaranteed but you know, that's and then I think that you look at things again with me putting him in the Alex Smith category. Now, granted, he's been to a Super Bowl and all that good stuff too. Yeah. But um, you look at what the Chiefs did. They had Alex Smith who was winning games, mm-hmm. uh, but they go out and get Patrick Mahomes, and eventually they replace him. Yeah. Um, the Rogers love stuff's a little different, um, but I think I would like to think that people are starting to see. If you give a quarterback an opportunity to legit sit yeah. and watch and learn. Now, Love had multiple years. Mahomes had one year. Um, but it works. <laughs> like, I mean, it, it only helps them to learn the system, to know the language, to know the players around them, and and have at least a year to sit and watch. I think Goff – now, listen, if Goff beats the 49ers, um, you know, I think he's probably locked into a five-year deal. If yeah. he gets to he wins the Super Bowl, he's gonna lock himself into a five year deal. Yeah. Um, and and he would earn every every cent that he gets. Um, he's just he's not that flashy, sexy quarterback 
that you think of with the Mahomes, the Lamar right. Jacksons, the even the Rodgers with his <clears throat> weirdness and his, you know, he, he was just on a different level uh, in a lot of different ways. And golf doesn't fit there, no. but he seems to fit Dan Campbell and he seems to fit what they're, what they're working on. Exactly. And, you know, he's going to make his mistakes, but I, I got to tell you, you've, you know, I, I, I don't want to compare him to Matt Stafford, but Matt Stafford won a lot of games for Detroit that he probably shouldn't have because Detroit was really bad for yeah. a lot of the time he was there. But for the two to three years that Detroit was good, I mean, he was resp- a main reason for it, but he also made a lot of boneheaded plays. Yep. And I think that gets overshadowed sometimes. And But, you know, I'll always remember, though, when Detroit played Green Bay 26, 2017, whatever it was, the year, the last game of the year came down to the division championship. Green Bay came to Detroit. Detroit wins. They win the division. Green Bay wins. They win the division. It was 2016, whatever it was. And, you know, Stafford didn't show up. Green Bay won. And so I see some similarities to that, but um, I don't know. I I would go with a three-year deal, pay him $45 million a year or whatever, you know, and you can always, you can always franchise him afterwards yeah. <laughs> if you want, if Hooker's not ready. But your example, your uh, the Packers are a great example with, with Aaron Rodgers sitting for three years. Now Jordan Love, do, and look at the success that they've had. Mm-hmm. Um, that's hard to argue with. <laughs> and yeah. I think like it all goes back to Green Bay sitting in a pretty good position with uh, Jordan Love. Now, what kind of contract are they going to offer him in Green Bay? That's that's another – that's a question that I can't wait to find out. Yeah, they're saying it's going to be a big one. Um, wow. I felt like they should have signed him last year. Yeah. Um, and saved a little bit of money. But that being said, listen, I've had three decades of great quarterbacks in Green Bay. Oh, boy. And there is nothing that Jordan Love did this year to make me think that it's not going to go for at least another decade. Like, I mean, we have been spoiled beyond spoiled with our quarterbacks. And listen, Favre Favre was the most entertaining, no doubt. There was not a second. If we had a (laughs) second left on the clock and, and it was our ball, I believe Brett Favre could score no matter where he was on the field. Rodgers, I felt like we needed at least 45 seconds, but still (laughs) there was magic in in what he could do. Love is still young. He's still, he's still growing in some areas, but the receiving core around them, they're young and they make mistakes, but they're good. And uh, I'll tell you what, we're, we're excited, not as excited as lion fans are this year, but I would I would tell you that we are legitimately um, excited about what the future holds, and um, but I really wanted to play at Detroit this week. That's oh, what boy. I was really hoping for. That would have been uh, that would have been unbelievable. Yeah, I, I don't know if the city could handle that. They'd sure try, <laughs> but oh my god, it would be the Packer fans coming down for that game or coming over would. Yeah. Oh my god, it would be. Uh, oh, what what fun it would have been. That yeah. would have definitely been amazing. And, you know, I, you mentioned the Pistons earlier just in passing. Um, you know, that's there needs to be a relief from that. Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. You know, my son is such a diehard Pistons fan, and I, I my heart aches for him to have to put it, go through this. I said, dude, now you know what it was like for us in the Dick Vitale coached years of the late 70s. We were so bad. Oh, my God. It took you – know, it was the darkest before the dawn. Oh, my God. Yeah. It is – Oh boy, the bottom has definitely fallen out. Uh, talk to me about Chiefs and Ravens, though. Other side of the the story um, right now: Chiefs get the win over the Bills in a wild game. Um, the Ravens have been the team this year. They've done yeah. it quietly too. They've yeah. not been loud about it. Right. They're going to have the MVP. There's a good chance they're going to the Super Bowl, and yet we've talked about the Jaguars this year. We talked about the Texans. We talked about the Chiefs, the Bills, the Dolphins, all these teams, and the Ravens just kept on winning. So hosting against the chiefs this week, um, chiefs have started to look like the chiefs again over the last yeah. couple of weeks. Um, how do you feel about that game? Well, I, uh, you know, I, it's hard for me, you know, to pick against Patrick Mahomes. I mean, you know, he, he had a chip on his shoulder last week, you know, with everybody saying he couldn't win a road game in the playoffs. And obviously they did. Um, but, I just look at Baltimore and they just look so complete the way they manhandled 
San Francisco a month ago or whatever it was on Christmas night. And Lamar is, you talk about another player playing with a chip on his shoulder. Um, you know, he's the MVP. Uh, he's probably going to rush for a hundred yards against Kansas city. Uh, they, they were rusty in the first half because he didn't play, but boy, they just manhandled Houston. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's going to obviously coming down to which defense can stop the other quarterback. And, you know, I was asking some Kansas city people, give me an unsung hero. And, you know, they really didn't have one that's going to have to step up to stop Baltimore. I mean, I, I honestly think, you know, uh, Kelsey will get his yards. Um, and, but I just, there's been really nobody that's been able to contain Lamar. Right. And I just think, I don't see Kansas City's defense doing it. Baltimore or Buffalo should have won that game only in regards to, you know, Diggs not dropping those passes and yeah. Allen obviously not completing the last one, but in the missed field goal, maybe. But I just think that Lamar is playing that much better than Josh Allen, who's had a great year. And I think that Baltimore is just a little too just totally as a team, a little bit better with Lamar on top. And I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be a seven point game. I think, uh, I think Baltimore is going to win something like 27 to 20. So I look at Baltimore and Lamar needs to get the praise. I, I don't mean to take anything away from him, but this team is built. I mean, safe towers. OBJ has played well this year. Mark Andrews is coming back. Isaiah likely filled in great for Mark Andrews. <laughs> sure did. They've, they've got guys there. And they hadn't done that the last several years. They didn't mm-hmm. have that receiving group there to help. Now, the running back group isn't great. Gus Edwards has been decent, but Lamar's the leading rusher. Yeah. Um, but that's the nice thing about Lamar is you don't have to have a great running back in, in this situation. And mm-hmm. then we saw um, Melvin Gordon starting getting some snaps. There's there's things happening right now in Baltimore. That's now they wild. got Delvin Cook, too. Delvin Cook comes in. That's right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I – I'm cheering for Baltimore. I I like variety. Um, yeah. I don't like when the same team is in the Super Bowl every year. I hated when the Patriots were there every year. Like I I just I like to see different teams in. Yeah. And uh, Baltimore this year, um, I had picked the Bills um, to win the Super Bowl this year back at the beginning of the year, mm-hmm. and uh, was 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 rooting for them. But uh, Baltimore now, I'm I'm cheering for them on the AFC side. And I uh, would love to see them get in. Um, they're good enough. Uh, I just, I hope they come out and play well this week against Kansas city. Cause I just, I mean, I'm tired of the charade of Kansas city this year. I, I'm, I'm ready to see something else. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm right there with you. Uh, you know, it, it'd be nice to see Baltimore do it. I, you know, I've always liked John Harbaugh. He's been there a long time. He's yeah. a model of consistency. Um, but your point is well taken and their defense is starting to play better. And yeah, I just, you know, without being cliche, if they can, you know, if Lamar, he's been prone to make a couple of mistakes, but he hasn't lately. Mm-hmm. And I just think he's going to be too much for the Kansas city defense. And yeah, yeah like you banged up a little bit too. So that's yeah, yeah, exactly. And, you know, I think that they can, t- they can contain Pacheco and they do that then you know they can pin their ears back a little bit on Kansas City and I don't think Kansas City's offensive line is all that great and I think Baltimore can I think they can expose that a little bit that's why I just think ultimately the defense is going to make the stops in the second half and Baltimore is going to win and advance to the Super Bowl um Let's talk real quick, if you don't mind. Uh, yeah. I hope I'm not keeping you too long. No, uh, Jim good. Harbaugh, they're saying Chargers, everything's wrapping up there with mm-hmm. them. Um, to me, the Chargers was the team that any coach should have wanted to go to. Um, the only exception was if Atlanta can get a good quarterback. Uh, but, but it seems like the Chargers were the team. Yeah. They're just set up to succeed. Um, you know, Harbaugh had success with the 49ers. Yeah, um, obviously had success in the college levels at different programs. So um, that fit in, in in L.A., would you say it's a good one? I think it's a great fit. I think you're exactly right. It was the perfect match. I I think Harbaugh is going to bring a sense of discipline that the Chargers need. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Herbert's a great talent. I still think he's better than Tua. 
Um, Tua put up some monster numbers, but you know, I just think overall, you know, I, I just I've always liked Herbert as a quarterback. Um, he's got some weapons there. Um, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, the discipline of it. It's going to, you know, I, I think that they can put up some good numbers together. And he brings that winning culture. He's he, he's a it's, he's what I call a believable coach because he's like to your point. He's won at University of San Diego and at Stanford, and then to San Francisco. He was a play and a half away from winning the Super Bowl there, and he won at Michigan. It took a while. Yeah. Um. You know, he got the personnel in that he wanted, and you know, he navigated through that. And but I think it's a great, great matchup. I think they're already talking. He's probably going to bring uh, Michigan's defensive coordinator, uh, Minter, is probably going to go with them, which is going to hurt Michigan big time. Yeah. Um, you know, they're going to lose him. So I think it's a great fit. Can't wait to see what he does out there. I've always been a Jim Harbaugh fan. I've been a Michigan fan, obviously, my whole life, but I liked him as a quarterback. You know, he had a little edge to him. He's quirky then. We all know he's quirky now, yeah. And that should, I that should fit in out there in San Diego or Los Angeles. So yeah, yeah. I think it's a great fit. Yeah, you know, I, I will. I'll admit he's my least favorite of the Harbaugh's, but yeah, um, the Harbaugh's as a whole are just a cool story. The dad and the yeah. experience that he has, um, John and Jim both having success, um, I think is neat. I'm I'm all about family succeeding, and I think that's cool. And I think it's good. I think uh, him winning this year definitely is going to help him walking into that locker room. Oh, yeah. Although he shouldn't have had to have win to have the respect of those players. But I think he, it's guaranteed now he has the respect of those players. Yeah. And I think he can come in and do some some things. And um, listen, so I, you know, I work closely here with the uh, local university covering EKU sports. And uh-huh. I get a chance to chat with the football coach and the basketball coaches and things. College coaching right now is not fun. Oh my gosh. I, I can't no. imagine. <laughs> it's, it's, you know, it pays well, but it's not fun. Like, I mean, the, the transfer portal alone oh. has, I had a coach tell me, he said, we don't, we're not allowed to go on vacation. He said, because there's no limitations on the portal and we have to constantly be in contact with our guys and with other guys. And he said, you know, there's just, there's no time to rest for the, for the staff. And uh, so Harbaugh leaving now makes Ooh. a ton of sense. Um, now my dad is a little bit of a conspiracy theorist where he ties it into the investigation, getting called off. And, you know, he made a deal with them that, Hey, I'll leave if you don't pursue any further and all that kind of stuff. I I don't know about that, but, um, either way, this, this is the time for him to go. He succeeded. He He brought his, he brought his university back to the top and now he can go and live a much easier life in a much more comfortable city and enjoy enjoy the rest of his time coaching in, in California. You know, it's so funny is, you know, your, your part about the transfer portal and, and you know, the NIL, it, it always harkens to me about how some college coaches in sports, like, you know, John Beeline, I'm just using Michigan examples, John Beeline or Tom Izzo at Michigan state don't want to coach millionaires. Well, now they are in college. <laughs> I mean, you look yeah. at some of this money that, uh, you know, like Arch Manning's making or, yeah. You Quentin Ewers made at Ohio State before he even played it down, and he didn't even play it down there. Yeah. You know, um, some of these cats are making, you know, five to ten million dollars a year in college. I mean, I don't begrudge a player for making money, you know. Right. I get it. He's you know, the universities are profiting off of them, but it is you're right, it is such a wild, wild west. Now Michigan's gonna have to go, you know, they get 30 days now for these kids to leave and they can go wherever they want. And oh my lord, it is just the, the stress level for a college coach. Mike, you know, they yeah, they deserve to be paid handsomely, man. It's yeah, it's insane. It is absolutely wild. Uh Titans hired uh Bengals OC Brian Callahan today, which I think oh, is a wow. good hire as well. Yeah. Um, you know. I grew up in Nashville or just south of Nashville, and yet we were never really Titans fans. Now they came, you know, after we were Packer fans, so we were sure. already Packer fans. But um, <laughs> yeah, I would liked Eddie George because my mom's from Ohio, and we like we liked Eddie George. Whatever, mm-hmm. I liked some of the guys, the Keith Bullocks and the Samari Rolls back in the Steve McNair days, um, to some degree. But um, 
I don't know. Callahan brings a little bit of a likability, I feel like, <laughs> to the Titans uh, now, and and he's got he's got an interesting group of guys to work with. Oh, I don't know that the Titans is as good of a job as some of the other ones out there, but at the same time, uh, I think it's wise to jump on it when you get the opportunity. And I think Callahan, give him, a, I don't know about first year, but give him two, two, three years. I think he can work some magic down there in Tennessee. I I honestly think it's going to take that long. I, I look at, and again, you know, I'm not down there. You're closer than I am, but it just from an outside look, it just looks like they're a team in flux right now with yeah. the quarterback situation. You no, know, I love I, the kid they got, the rookie. I think he, if they give him an opportunity, I think he could be decent. Um, but it just doesn't look like, you know, their running game is going to be shot. Right. I mean, you know, uh, Mick, uh, what's his name's not going to be there anymore. Derrick Henry. Uh, Derrick Henry's gone, you know, I mean, so they're going to be pretty one dimensional and, you could tell it was time for a change with Rabel. I think he's a good coach. Yeah. I mean, I I could see him as a head coach somewhere yet. Um, I don't, you know, but if not, it'll take a year off and he will be a head coach. I mean, he could go in the booth and make five million dollars and then decide, you know. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's that's gonna be an interesting situation. Now, let me ask you, what do you think is gonna happen in Atlanta? Do you think Belichick's a a, a, a lead pipe cinch? I would think um, from everything that I've read and just listened, he's the guy they want. Um, it comes down to whether or not he wants it. <laughs> and, yeah. Uh, which makes sense, right? Um, yeah. I, I would guess that's where they go. Um, I know Raheem Morris has been the other guy that they've talked to multiple times. Um, you know, I, I'm not sure that that's the direction I would go for Atlanta. But again, Belichick you got to have people buy in and I don't know if they got enough veterans in Atlanta that can get guys on board. Cause he's not going to be the kind of guy that the the young guys are going to be like, Oh, this is fun. (laughs) Yeah. Right. And I mean, I, I don't, I'm not going to say he's past his prime. The guy's won, but I think Arthur blank is also looking at, at it from a, dollars and cents point of view is here's a guy that's on the on the verge of breaking the all-time wins record right and i think that he would love nothing better than to have him in coaching in atlanta to do that it might take three years you know hopefully for him not right but yeah i just you talk about another situation where they don't have a quarterback you know exactly that's exactly what i was gonna say it comes down to quarterback in atlanta so if you bring bill belichick in who's the quarterback Mm-hmm. Um, now I think Justin Fields makes a ton of sense in Atlanta oh boy. Uh, from Georgia. You can yeah. trade the eighth pick and go get him, And I think he's worth the eighth pick personally. Um, and, and then you've got your quarterback. He's young. He's, you're going to have to pay him soon, but he's young and you've got other pieces. My goodness. They, they spent plenty of time drafting offensive weapons. Yeah. Um, so there, there's things to fix in Atlanta still, yeah. but I think Belichick, I think that one makes sense, but he's, oof. you know, the problem is, is he's going to want to draft guys. And yeah. I'm not sure that's Bill Belichick's strength. I think his yeah, strength is not anymore. Sure doesn't players. look like it, does it? No, <laughs> no. Give him the players and let him coach. Yeah. If you'll agree to do that, then, then I think it can work in Atlanta um, yeah. to a degree. Cause look at that division. The division stinks. Um, well, I, I'm yeah. a Baker supporter. I, I was on the Baker train this year. Um, I like Derek Carr. Even uh, we we share a lot of similar life beliefs, but man, the Saints don't look good. I thought they yeah. should have fired their coach. Yeah. Um, Carolina is a ways away. I mean, we were just talking about in, that in the NFC South. I agree. It's there to be had. Now I think because I we were talking about Baker Mayfield. You know, should he get an extension in Tampa? And I think they should because. You know, Mike, the players love him, and he's he won. And yeah. that is not a difficult division right now, and your point is well taken. Belichick could go in there with a halfway decent quarterback like Fields and win nine, ten games. Get him back and in the playoffs. I think Baker needs the deal you were talking about with Jared Goff. Yeah. Maybe three years. Sure. I am 40, 40 mil a year yep. and, and play out the next three years with him. And after yeah. that, you may, it might be worth – re-signing him after that but you can commit to three years of baker mayfield he's proven yeah. and it, mike evans supports him 
um, which means yeah. you sign Baker, you got a better <clears throat> chance of signing Evans. I mean, there's yeah, there's a lot worse Tampa could do than Baker Mayfield. And they like playing for Todd Bowles, and I yeah. think that's big. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Yeah, it's I, I love the offseason, man. I, tell you, I yeah. love the offseason. I love the trades, the draft, the the yeah. coaching carousel. To me, that's just so much fun. And, oh, sure. uh, and it's there. But um, I'm interested to see how it affects the Lions, though, coming back to that. Like you said, Washington um, seems like a good good landing spot. Seems like they're all on the same page there. Um, you know, they got a chance to draft a quarterback as well this year. Yeah. So there's uh, there's going to be a lot of teams that are not that far away um, that were hiring coaches this year. And, uh, we'll see what the coaches can do to, to impact that the draft, of course, as well. Uh, I want to come back to one last thing with you, Lou. And that was, um, the game you went to a couple weeks ago, you talked about it, your brother, um, your son, uh, your nephews or nieces, I'm not sure came, came as well. That experience with family, me and dad, we went to Lambeau together, um, back when I was in high school, dad has been more than I have, but, Back in high school, we went in, uh, I think it was like the day after Christmas, Cleveland Browns. It was snowing. It was the <laughs> most perfect experience That's that I could have ever asked for. Um, and, you know, I get to do the show with my dad most Wednesdays. Yeah. Um, what was sharing that experience with your son and your brother and family as well? But have getting to do that with, with your son, what was that like? Oh, my God. It was, again, that it, it was a dream come true. It was funny as... You know, my son is uh, done really well in school. He's uh, going to get his master's here at the end of the summer, and we were gonna we wanted to do a trip a couple of years ago. We we're going to go to Milwaukee to watch a Bucks game, and he got food poisoning on the way there, and so it was the weekend was shot. So I said, "Let me let's this year. What would you want to do, dude?" I said, "We can go to Vegas and watch all the." wild card round games at a sports book, you know, have a good old time there and do that. He's like, dad, let's go to a playoff game. And, you know, this was back. He asked me that in October and I thought, you know, it's looking good for the lions. Let's try it. So I booked the room downtown walking distance. So we're able to do that. And I'm glad he brought that up to do that. And we're both diehard fans. It's a passion for both of us. And unfortunately, you know, I went to games with my dad, you know, we went, uh, I was able to take him to a Michigan game. Oh gosh, almost 30 years ago now at the big house. And he was so excited for that. Unfortunately, he passed away last year, so he couldn't go. He wouldn't have been able to go physically the Lions game, but I know he would have wanted me and Matt, my brother and his kids to go. And we, it was so funny as we were in the fourth quarter, seven minutes to go. And I, when I watch it at home, I tend to pace. Well, you can't do that with 65,000 people. And I told him, I said, I'm glad you're with me. I said, I haven't been this nervous since the day you were born. Hmm. I said, but, you know, after the game was over, we hugged, we cried, everything. And that is, uh, you know, a passion that I hope that, He's able to share with his kids down the road, you know, in 30 years or whatever it's going to be. And, uh, you know, that was the ultimate, you know, we, you see all the stories. I love how you're able to do this stuff with your dad. Um, my son was on my podcast for a while. He's got, you know, a lot of things going on with school. So he's on occasionally, but these are the things you read about it, you know, Going back to you guys being Packer fans, enjoying the success for 30 years or whatever. This is another thing that we get to taste it. We got to taste it together. And I saw so many families like that, that it just, you know, I get chills just thinking about it. You know, I try to tell guys that host shows, um, I try to encourage them to be family friendly. Um, yeah. You know, because I'm like, listen, when we were kids, what do we do? We rode in the car, listened to sports talk. Yeah. And, and talked about it. We went to baseball games and football games and hockey games and different things like that. You know, I got kids, they're 15 and 12, and I take them to EKU and we get to go to football practices yeah. and basketball practices and games and different things. And I try to encourage guys that are hosting shows because I'm like, listen, like, don't forget, you used to sit in a car and listen to sports and, you know, I'm not oh. turning on Pat McAfee with my kids in the car. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, I so. get it. <laughs> And uh, I think sports is a way it's not, it's not every father and son's connection, but 
Um, I know for our family it is. And and to have that opportunity, me and dad, he had a heart uh, issue and he had open heart surgery. And, um, you know, that year is when I bought him a microphone and I said, hey, why don't you do the show with me? And um, and and he's done it ever since. And we have a blast doing it. Um, we, you know, when we talk on the phone, it, typically it's sports first is where we go yeah. and then we'll talk yep. about life and stuff too. But, um, I think it's neat. I think that's neat how sports not only brings communities together, um, and, and things like that, but it just, it, the camaraderie it can build within families is so neat. And I thought it was really cool that you got to go with your son, yeah. um, especially as well as your brother. But, uh, I thought that was really neat that, that, that opportunity came, um, yeah. Lou, tell everybody about your show. Uh, the, the Captain Lou's extravaganza. Yeah, we, uh, we're on Wednesday nights uh, right before this, 7 o'clock Eastern time. Um, we're on for an hour. We try to cover what's going on most popular in the Detroit area first and foremost and then branch out a little bit, obviously spoiled this last month or two. Um, we try to get guests on, at least one guest each week. Uh, also, during hockey season, I do what's called the ACHA Power Play on Tuesday nights. It's uh, the American Collegiate Hockey Association. It's... Uh, a club hockey feder- association of uh, college teams of over four or 500. I think it's up to 500 now. And we do that until March um, from like Labor Day to March. It concludes with their national tournament, which is going to be in St. Louis hosted in part by the uh, St. Louis blues organization. So we do that as well. And uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun. Get to talk sports, uh, We'll get you on once uh, baseball season gets closer together. We'll uh, start talk. We'll, we'll preview the uh, MLB. Yeah, man, I am so amped for baseball. I'm telling you, and especially after the Packers lost, let's turn the page. It's get on the baseball. Go. We started the fantasy baseball show up again, and yeah, um, I've been having college baseball players on every week on my local That's hour awesome. show, and it's just been oh, I'm so ready for it. I'm, well, I think I'm ready for warm weather. Is probably the main <laughs> thing. Well, but- yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, but we're looking forward to the football weekend this All weekend. Right. Um, tune in to, to Lou's show every Wednesday night, seven o'clock. Belly up YouTube uh, page, correct? I think you're on. You do yeah. the, you stream on? Okay, yeah. Belly up YouTube page, just like just like us too. So um, tune in to Lou. That'll flow right into us afterwards. And uh, and I appreciate you, Lou. You're you're a good yeah. listen. Um, Thank I don't you. I don't I I wouldn't. I'm not going to lie to you and say I listen to every program. Uh, but, but I do, I do tune in and, uh, and especially catching stuff on when I see it scrolling through YouTube and stuff like that too. And Lou is a good listen. I've said this many times Thank over, you. you know, belly up. I love the network. Um, but not every show on the network is my cup of tea. Um, but, uh, uh Lou, Lou is one of those shows that fits in uh, and I would recommend to people to go in and tune in. Thank you so it. much for the kind words, Vince. It's, it's always a pleasure coming on your show. Yours is a great listen as well. I love I love your baseball shows on the weekends too. It gets me fired up because that's where I have forgotten some baseball used to be my number one love growing up as a kid, baseball and football. And I've gotten away from it. I've been back with it the last few years, even though Detroit's not been very good, but uh, you know, I've, and that's been your shows are part of the reason why. So thank you. Awesome. Well, we'll have to get you in the fantasy league, man. Um, that'll that'll keep you busy. Well, I guess so. <laughs> Lou, thanks for coming exactly. on, man. Congrats, congrats, Thank man. You. Congrats to Michigan and and now the Detroit success. And I just know I I know the joy it brings, and so I'm excited for you and uh, and and really happy for you as well. Thank you. Um, thanks for being on the program, man. Yes. We'll see you again soon. All right, right on. That's Lou Gamelin from the Captain Lou Extravaganza on the Belly Up Sports Network. Hey, friends, thanks for tuning in today. Uh, a little different program than normal with Dad being out, but I sure appreciate Lou coming in and uh, was a blast to chat with him. And uh, we'll keep you updated. A reminder, Sunday at 8 p.m., the Sports Stove Fantasy Baseball Show will be live on uh, Belly Up YouTube, Belly Up Fantasy Sports Facebook page, and the Sports Stove YouTube as well. Always available wherever you get your podcast at the Sports Stove Podcast. Monday night, the Sports Stove Local Hour covering EKU. Uh, we'll be there. We'll have more guests on there. Had a great episode uh, this past week. The catcher from the baseball team, one of the girls from the basketball team, and a guy from the basketball team as well on the program. So go back and listen to that. And then next Wednesday, I'll be back here with my dad uh, talking uh, Super Bowl and uh, talking about who's going to the Super Bowl. We'll continue to break down the coaching carousel and any other major sports news as well. Follow us on social media. At Sports Stove, make sure you go visit RighteousFelon.com. Get you some jerky 
Use that code STOVE15 at checkout for 15% off your purchase. Thanks for tuning in to tonight's edition of the Sports Stove Podcast. Until next time, we'll see you around the Sports Stove.